I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson. Next is now. Well, what is next? As we look at the spending packages working their way through Congress in our nation's capital, we know that uh, not much is happening this week because members of Congress are gone. They're on recess all week long. Most Americans just get Thursday, Friday off-ish. But uh, Congress uh, left town last Thursday and will be gone until next Monday. So they will take a full week plus off and while that's happening now there's a, a lot of challenges and there's a lot of selling that is going on and particularly within the democratic party there's a lot of folks who are just questioning you know what are we doing wrong the american people don't seem to be buying what we're selling especially because of the rate of inflation which is causing everyday americans to feel it and so even though uh, the white house has been trying to paint a rosy picture when people are filling up their gas tanks or people are shopping at the store uh, or dealing with supply chain issues or increased costs of goods, they're saying, wait a minute, this, this isn't what I'm living. This isn't what I'm experiencing. And so there's a lot of chatter in Washington, D.C. about how do you change that narrative? What will the Democrats do to change the narrative as it relates to that? And so we do know something that is currently going to be next, as in tomorrow next, and that is President Biden is going to give a speech. Now, what kind of speech will he will he deliver tomorrow? I hope it is not uh, what they've been using on some of these spending packages and they just kind of keep rehashing the same lines, hoping something will stick. I think that's bad staffing. I don't think the people around the president are serving him well in making the case for uh, his spending proposals. But now in the face of rising inflation, ri- rising gas prices, Uh, One of the things that is being thrown around uh, by many in Washington are that the president just needs to to blame big business for the cost. Now, we know last week uh, the president instructed the FTC to investigate uh, energy companies, oil and gas companies, uh, about uh, rising prices. And if it's their fault uh, that we have increased gas prices, last Thursday, White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki called Uh, to everyone's attention, the anti-consumer behavior, which is what they're calling it now by oil and gas companies. Here's what she said. The president wrote a letter to FTC Chair Alina Khan 
calling her to her attention the mounting evidence of anti-consumer behavior by oil and gas companies. As the president noted in his letter, prices at the pump have continued to rise, even as refined fuel costs go down and industry profits go up. Obviously, that's not the right correlation. Uh, usually, prices at the pump correspond to movements in the price of unfinished gasoline, which is the main ingredient in the gas people buy at stations. But in the last month, the price of unfinished gasoline is down more than 5%, while gas prices at the pump are up 3% in that same period. And that is not what obviously that trajectory should look like. And this unexplained gap between the price of unfinished gasoline and the average price at the pump is well above the pre-pandemic average. It's not what we look to comparatively for years pre-pandemic. Uh, if the gap between the refined fuel costs and pump prices were at typical pre-pandemic levels, then Americans would be paying nearly 25 cents less per gallon. So clearly that's not how it should be working. That's why the president sent the letter. And this is clearly uh, a place where uh, he's, of course, encouraging, asking the FTC to look into this. In that statement, a lot of explaining uh, that I think is more confusing than clarity providing. And again, this idea that uh, it's just solely at the responsibility of the oil and gas companies for the increase in prices. Obviously, there's been an increase in demand as we're starting to move our way out of the pandemic, as people are starting to travel, as things are starting to, to pick up that way. Uh, but it's also important to note that the that the administration on day one uh, shut down pipelines, suspended gas lease, uh, leases, uh, and a host of other things that definitely impact uh, the amount of fuel that uh, oil in particular that is available. So, of course, that is that scarcity will increase cost. Uh, the White House has also uh, implored OPEC uh, from the Middle East to pump more oil so there would be more supply. So the price would go down. Uh, we talked about this a little earlier uh, that the. Uh, some of the companies uh, are starting to say, wait a minute, uh, there's there's other things that are impacting the price of gas at the pump. Uh, one of those that I wasn't really aware of and then uh, picked this up uh, from some of our friends here in the state of Utah that said the swipe fees, the credit card fees that uh, gas stations have to pay every time you swipe your Visa, your MasterCard on transaction, uh, those have gone up 20% uh, over the course of this year. And so there are many of those uh, fuel merchants out there that are saying, hey, wait a minute, maybe the president should ask the FTC to look at anti-competitive activities of Visa and MasterCard. Uh, and so there's lots of finger pointing. There's lots of placing blame. Uh, and that's never the answer when you're the leader. Uh, pointing fingers, shrugging your shoulders, not my fault, not my job. Uh, really interesting. The other thing we're hearing in terms of what's next, things we're going to be watching for in the president's speech tomorrow, is that there is also chatter that the president will call out big business, that they're going to call out even the big economic players like Walmart uh, and uh, Target, uh, some of those uh, large organizations, those large companies, that the president's going to point to them as part of the problem that they're the reason prices keep going up, that it's not the supply chain, it's not fuel, it's not all of those things. Uh, it's big business. Uh, I think that would be a tough sell. I think that would actually be a mistake for the president to go down that path. Uh, when you are in the chief executive chair, you got to act like a chief executive, and you can't shrug your shoulders and say, not my job, not my problem. What the American people are looking for, and what we're going to be listening for as we listen to this speech tomorrow 
is where does the president go? Does he lead? Does he lead or does he just shrug his shoulders? Remember, when it comes to inflation, the American people think this is one of the biggest problems we have in the country because it impacts them every day. And so they want to know, do you think this is the problem? And part of the challenge for the White House is in the spring, the White House made the case that no, inflation isn't a thing. It's just not a thing. And then over the course of the summer and the early fall, they said, well, it's, it's a transitory thing. It's just a quick hit thing. It'll it'll pass very soon. And now here we are towards the end of November, and the White House is coming to grips with the fact that inflation is a thing. It's a real thing. And now how do we deal with it? And, and many Americans, every polling that I've seen from across the board, whether it's a Democratic pollster, an independent pollster, a right-leaning or a far-right-leaning pollster, everybody agrees the American people are frustrated with inflation. And they don't believe that the White House is doing enough to solve it. And the vast majority of Americans, almost 70%, believe that the spending that is coming out of Washington, D.C. is going to make it worse. So that's that's broad agreement across, again, Democrats, Republicans, independents, uh, everybody agrees, hey, this is a problem because I'm feeling it. And I know my neighbor's feeling it. And I know my young married children are feeling it. Everybody's feeling it. And everyone's kind of looking around, looking for someone to say, okay, this is going to be a thing for this much longer, or this is how the things that we're doing will make it better or will improve it. Now, there are some people who are making the case uh, out of the White House that the spending package, uh, the Build Back Better Act now as it's come out of the House, social spending bill, uh, that it will help ease some of the inflation. Uh, I don't know a lot of economists that are buying into that model. Uh, Even a lot of the very liberal economists are saying, yeah, that's not quite how it works uh, economically. Uh, But that's going to be the test. That's going to be the question. And so we're going to be listening very closely to the president tomorrow. Uh, I hope he strikes a hopeful note. I hope he doesn't shrug his shoulders, point fingers, and place blame on everybody uh, but me. Uh, The president needs to square his shoulders and say, okay, here's where we are. Here's what we need to do. The American people can handle that. Uh, So we've got to have a frank conversation, an honest conversation, a crucial conversation. And we'll continue the conversation here after Bottom of the Hour News. A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.